Well, I feel I probably just need to preach right here. Just too many things pointing to this direction. I had a video from Columbia. I wanted to pray for our family there. We'll do that if God allows time. I didn't know who would be here tonight. So before you go throwing arrows at me, know everything that I'm going to say tonight the Holy Ghost gave me. I'm not here to please man, but I'm here to be pleasing to God. I had no idea what to say tonight. I wanted to preach something that I preached this weekend. I think it needs to be preached in the world and to the church. But tonight, God totally led me somewhere else that I've not even read in some time. And so I know it's got to be the will of the Lord. God's tired of a church that's been bowed over and bent over. God's tired of a church that's been weak-minded, that's been wavered between two opinions, because that's not what's going to win the world that we're living in. The problem in the world today is we've wavered too long. We can't make up our mind what we want, when we want it, or how we want it. I just know I want it my way, when it won't, when I want it my way, but that's not the way this gospel works. And so if you have your Bibles tonight, I pray that you do. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. And so as God just spoke this woman with a spirit of infirmity to me, all of a sudden I received a text this morning from Sister Nikki. And she said, a year ago today, I walked in Union Pentecostal. She said, you were sick as a dog. I had a stomach bug. I don't even know how I made it to the church other than the grace of God. I knew that night. I just knew that night I had to get to that church. It was a Sunday night. Revival was coming to a close. We'd had a great meeting. I was sick as a dog. I went home and I cried and I prayed. And I said, God, maybe I just need to call Pastor Michael and let him preach tonight. And the Lord said, get up and go. He said, because you prophesied a word that prodigals would come home. And if they come home and what you release, you're not there to see them come home. What good will it do? I was sick as a dog preaching that night. Let me tell you, church, it's not up to us when we serve God and how we serve God. He's placed a call on us. He's placed a call on my life. I don't know why. I'll tell you, and I told that church this weekend, I said, I wouldn't let you, I wouldn't come hear me preach. I know me. But God chose me, and that's enough. It's settled in heaven, and it's been settled in heaven since I was in my mother's womb that this day would come. And so it's here now, and guess what? You're here now. And so I pray that God sets us free tonight. I pray that God sets us free. Everything is orchestrated by God. The songs they sang, me and Russell was not taught. I had no idea that Sister Nikki was going to call me. I had no idea, but God did. And so I asked her to come and share briefly. Will you come? It just goes with this message. And she had no idea. I didn't either. I'm a crier. I mean, I just apologize in advance. Um, 
as many know, um, like Brother Jared was saying, two year, it was actually two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Yeah. Um, excuse me a moment. As many know, me and Brother Michael and Sister Cindy has a past. Um, I was married to Michael at one time. Um, it's not always, you know, after him and I divorced the second time, it was not always great. Um, he pastored our home church, which after, you know, him and I divorced, I left that church and only stepped foot in one other church the whole, probably what, 15 years. Um, no one knew the things I was going through. No one knew the depression I was in, the suicidal thoughts I had. No one knew nothing about what was going on in my life. To this day, many do not. Um, me and Cindy, we tolerated each other because, you know, we have children, grandchildren together. So my children had went to their dads on that Friday night. And like many weekends, when they would go to their dads, I would crawl in my bed. And I would stay there all weekend long. And so on this Sunday, like I said, Cindy never texted me, never did anything, you know. She would invite me to things if Aubrey was singing and things like that, but I would never go because I just felt like it wasn't my place to be in that church anymore. So she texted me and said, hey, why don't you come to church tonight? I was like, no, you know, I don't feel well. I'm just going to stay in the bed, you know. You know, I was having a lot of issues and stuff. And we could text back and forth. And then the last text she had sent to me was, I compel, I compel you to be at church tonight. Now, me, you know, I'm, I have common sense. I am not smart at all. So I had to, I had to Google that word. So, so I, you're thinking too? Okay. So the word compel, and I mean, it was in a text, but I mean, it was as big. I mean, that word was so big on my phone. And so we went back and forth, and I said, well, I, I may I may see you tonight. You know, knowing good and well in my heart at that point, I was not going to show up at Union Pentecostal, you know. So the Lord just kept dealing with me and kept dealing with me. So I got up, and I pulled up to Union. And this is the church that I grew up in. This is the church that my grandparents were in, my parents were in. This is the church that any time a family member died, that's where they were at. I had not stepped foot in that church in over 15 years. So I step up on the porch, and I mean, like I said, the devil, I mean, as soon as that message came through, I mean, he started. Jared was sick. I was sick. So I sit on that porch. I was probably about 10 minutes, and the devil kept telling me, you don't belong do not go through those doors. You do not belong in this church. When you walked away 15 years ago, you left. No one wants you here. You were invited just because they feel sorry for you. But I'm telling you, as soon as I walked in that door, it was like warm oil was poured over my body. And that night... I rededicated my life to the Lord. People, I mean, people do not understand. I mean, if you knew our story, you would be how 
I not only got a best friend, I got a wife in love. I mean, people see us. We have been, we have been places. People will see us and turn around and be like, and then we say one word, God. Because the hurt, the resentment, the frustration, everything that the devil placed in my heart. When I went to that altar that night, he took it from me. He took everything. Now, does he not still torment me? Yes, he does. But you know what? It's me that has to do whatever it is that I'm going to do with those thoughts. There's times that I can be sitting on that pew over there, and the devil will say, look at them two, them two right there. She's in your place. And I'm like, oh, oh, no, no, she's not. She's right where God placed her at. That, like I said, we married twice, but let me tell you, that is his wife. That is the person God made for him. I've had people look at me and be like, you're just following them. You're just following them. You're just trying to get back to him. No. I love him, but I love him as a brother. I do not love him any other way. People, I'm telling you, if you have someone that you have something against, I compel you to go to that person because God will make it right. If he can make this right, he can make anything right. Thank you, sister. So the next time I was compelled by the Holy Ghost that I had to go to church that night. The word compel means force or oblige someone to do something. Bring about something by the use of force or pressure. Amen. Compel. That's a pretty good word. So tonight before I preach, by the time we get done preaching, I compel you to move to the altar. I compel you. God's going to talk to us tonight. Not because of me. But I'm telling you, this is the word of the Lord for this church tonight. And I'll go as far as to say that if you miss this night, you could miss it. You could miss your opportunity to be straight. Some of you don't want to hear me tonight. Some of you could care less. Some of you think it's just another message. Think what you want to think. Say what you want to say. Family, not family. Friends, not friends. Enemies, say what you want to say. Tonight, God's going to draw a line in the sand. You can leave depressed. You can leave defeated. Or you can leave victorious. But God's going to do something tonight. He's going to talk to us. I don't, I don't even, I'm all over the place. I'm going to be honest with you. I just sat, simply titled it Stuck or Straight. And you're one or the other. You're stuck or you're straight. The church is stuck. The church is weak. We wonder why things are going on in the world. We back down. We shut down. We shut the doors. And it don't take much to do it. Just one little thing. Listen, fear has been encamped around me all day today. I said fear has been encamped around me all day today. But by the grace of God, I didn't let it in me. But it's been encamped all around me all day today. 
text after text. I woke up to them. Message after message after message. Fear encamped all around. Let it encamp around you. The enemy can encamp around you. But the prophet told, a, told, told his servant, said, go inside and come back out and open your eyes up again. And he told the Lord, he said, open his eyes that he may see what you see. Sometimes you have to go in, shut the door, and walk back out and let God show you who's really around you. You know the difference in what he saw the second time? He saw fire. Let fire be added to what the enemy's trying to do. Watch God produce fire. Watch God produce fire. Fears encamped all around us. So I just simply titled this tonight, Stuck or Straight. I, I, I would like your undivided attention for the next few moments. I'll try not to keep you long. I, I had another agenda. I wanted to play a video that was just made. I wanted to do a lot of things. But I believe this is the most important. My heart is pounding. I'm scared to death. I've been a mess. I've been broken. I've been nervous. I've been scared. I've been everything. And I don't even know if I'm fully prepared to release this. The devil started telling me, you need to wait till Sunday. Just wait till Sunday because you don't have the full revelation. I know him. I have a revelation of Christ. And so I've been compelled by the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Nikki. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. You just pray for the next few minutes. Pray this word would reach outside of even the sanctuary. Because some of us have children, and some of us are the reason that our families aren't right with God. We've been stuck too long. Uh, Jesus, anoint me tonight, God, to deliver what you would have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Please don't distinguish conviction with condemnation. I'm not condemning anything. Some things I may speak about, we could speak about, put your name there. Put your God there. Put your carnal thinking there. It could be anything. Put it there. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, verse 11, and behold, there was a woman. Many times when the word of God speaks of a woman, he's speaking to the church. And so this message is a message to the church tonight. It's a message about the woman. It's a message about the church. I had this revelation today. The Holy Ghost just told me, and I said, I need to ask somebody. So I reached out to Brother David Owens, and I just trust him, and I know you do. And I said, Brother David, I said, is this woman here? Because I read later down that she was a daughter of Abraham. And I said, that's us. That's our lineage. And I said, so this has to be the church. And when I called him, he said, of course it is the church. And he said, as a matter of fact, I'm headed to Comanche, Texas, to preach, and he said, the Lord has been dealing with me on the same message to preach this week. So this woman is us, the church. 
So you can't take this, what I'm going to say, and throw it to the person behind you. If you're born again, and if the interpretation in tongues meant anything to you, then this word has to. You can't want the blessings of the blood without the conviction of the blood. And behold, there was a woman, the church, which had a spirit. Oh, you mean the church can be affected by spirits? You're exactly right. A spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Verse 14, And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day Then said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doeth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? It's a shame that we live in a time and a season when we're more concerned with loosing animals than we are people. We're too concerned with loosing other things on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesdays, or any time the church may have a service. Well, they just do too much. No, maybe you're too busy loosening the wrong things. Verse 16, And all not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed. It has to be the church. I'm talking to the church. Satan has had this church member, this church bound for 18 years. What good is she going to be to a lost world? She's not going to be very good. She's stuck. She's made her mind up, well, I'll just stay in the middle somewhere. Hadn't the church just leveled with middle ground? Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all her adversaries were ashamed, and the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Thank you. You can be seated. So I just titled this tonight, Stuck or Straight. And I just want to obey God however he leaves me tonight. I don't don't know how it's going to go. But this lady has to be a type of the church, the bride of Christ. The number 18 can have two meanings. In the Jewish meaning, it can mean alive, but it can also mean bondage or slavery, and we see both with this woman. We see for 18 years that she lived in bondage and slavery, but we can also see that Jesus is about to make her alive. Jesus is about to make her alive. We also see that this woman, we read, that is a daughter of Abraham whom Satan hath bound. So this woman is not possessed but oppressed. Can people in the church have a form of infirmity in their life and be oppressed by demonic influence? Yes, they can. Do they have to be possessed when you see people, when we have seen people come to this church and deal with things in their life, you know better. Deal with things in their life, 
And you say, boy, well, how can they be born again but have a demon? You can't be born again and have a demon because darkness can't live where light is. But a person can be oppressed by wickedness and evilness. There is a difference in possession and oppression. Amen. One is inward, one is outward. You can have strongholds in your life, and there are oppressions that are in your life. Amen? There are many oppressed people. Let me tell you, depression is a type of oppression. Depression is a type of oppression. It affects everything about your life. People need to be delivered from depression. Well, I can promise you that to run to the doctor to get the answer for that is not the answer. I was the most depressed person you would ever meet in your life, and so I ran to the doctors, and they peeled me up. They took care of everything that was going on. Well, now when I got whatever, then you know what? All it did was make me numb. Now, I'm not, we're not going to get all the way into that tonight. Okay, I don't have time for that. If you want to talk later, we can do that. I'm telling you that pharmakia is in the Word of God. Pharmakia is a type of sorcery and witchcraft, and I can tell you you can find it right there in the Word of God. Amen. I'm saying whenever there are mind-altering things, sometimes you just need to be depressed. Sometimes you just need to mourn. You need to be sad. If you don't have feelings, why do you need a God? I'm the most depressed person you'll ever meet. I'm depressed right now. But does that mean I don't get up and follow the will of God? I could have laid in the bed, pulled the covers up, just like Sister Nikki said. I could have done the same thing. I could have done it today. I fought hell all day today. Fear all around me. Why do you even open the church? Don't you know what's going on around you? Don't you know what's going on in this county? Why do you even do that? Fear wants to creep in. Depression wants to creep in. Why don't you just stay home? That's exactly what the devil wants. He wants all of us to stay home, pull the covers over our head. Sometimes you just got to get up, punch the devil in the face, smack him around, I may be depressed, but I'm called by God. My God. It's okay to feel sad, but it's okay in your sadness to get up and praise God. I just looked at Emily back there praising God. I said, none of us have an excuse not to lift our hands. I had to be careful not to get angry. A righteous anger. I said, my God, if Emily Rafe prophesied. If you missed our funeral the other day of Olivia Grace, my God, it was the greatest service I've ever been to. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, God dealt with hearts. I'm telling you, they couldn't. If they were there and they tried to sneak out of there, I promise you, I promise you, there's been a knock on every heart that was at that service. <laughs> Ain't no way around it. It was anointed. I told Jeremy Prohaska, I said, Rafe preached a camp meeting message. And it was just powerful and profound. The lives that that baby's touched. You know, you, I'm going to be honest with you. You know one thing that I said? That baby was born to die. And she touched more lives than most of you sitting on these church pews tonight ever will in your whole life. Because we sit on our hands and we don't do nothing. We stay in our funks. We stay in our depression. And we come to church and our worship don't move anybody because we don't worship. We pounce. We pounce. We're looking at everybody else. You're angry because you didn't get your way. Trade spots with her. Trade spots with her. 
Am I okay, Emily? I'm telling you, I love this girl. I've seen her fight some battles in life, haven't I? Since 13 years old, I've seen her fight some battles. But look, somebody's with her in church tonight. How about that? Baby, I'm not putting you down. You know that. I'm telling you, that's a life to be rewarded. I'm telling you, church. Some of us just coming here pouty-faced, acting like we got it so bad. Trade spots with her. You can take, some of you was just like this. I exalt thee. Rafe prophesied that would happen. And he also said some people's not going to understand it. Because you're sitting here saying, how can that be? It can only happen when you get caught up in the Spirit. John on the island of Patmos, how could he see to record the book of Revelation? He got caught up in the Spirit. See, some of us are so carnally minded... I said some of us are so carnally minded that we don't get caught up in the spirit because you think that getting caught up in the spirit is just too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to somebody tonight. So oppression is different than possession. Some of us just need to be okay that I fight a little depression sometimes. I probably just lost half of you when I said I'm the most depressed person in the church and I'm talking to you tonight. I'm all right with that because he that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. I don't have to stay there. But if I stay there two days, 10 days, or 20 days, then my God still loves me and I don't have to run to some man to fulfill me. I just have to keep getting up every time the devil wants to keep me down. I just get up in the morning and say, I feel depressed, but I'm not going to live that way. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to preach for God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise God. Do I feel like it? No. Do I feel like running? Yes. But do I want to worship God and make heaven my own more than anything? My God, you better believe it. God has not called Grace Fellowship Christian Church to be a weak, puny-minded church. Now, I'm sick and tired of playing church, playing games. Some of us come up in here in the mully grubs when we got a God that loves us, that died for us, and he's called you and I to bring forth the third great awakening. Oh, but when God starts separating stuff, Ah, ah, I don't want to be separated. I don't know why all them want to be separated. I can't understand all these people giving up everything. It's because you don't want to die to nothing. It's because we don't want to die to nothing. None of us do, but do we want to obey God more? Because to him that knoweth the good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We can't make up our mind what we want to do. Or where we want to do it. Or how we want to do it. Just make it easy, God. Just make it easy. And so we get so many things going on. We wonder why there's so much bondage in the church. Why we've been attacked by so many spirits of infirmities. The word infirmity can mean spiritual, moral, 
or physical issues. It can be to be made weak, to want strength but can't get it. It can mean feebleness of the mind or body, morally, frailty. And you know what? This one got me. It says to handle with care. Boy, some people you got to babysit. Some people you got to handle with such care. Boy, if you do the wrong thing the wrong way, oh, you lost them. Well, we lost them. They, they know more about the word than I do. They've been walking with God 28 years longer than I ever thought about it. But you still have to handle them with care. They're a package, and on the side of the package says, handle with care. It's fine. Let me tell you this in Acts 4. If we'll do more caring than carrying, <laughs> the church will be a whole lot better off. A lot of people, if they're ever going to get to an altar, you got to carry them there. <laughs> the man was lame all them years. They carried him to the temple gate, beautiful, praying somebody may bless him. I can tell you, we do a lot of carrying today. We need to do, start doing some more caring. Some of us that we're having to carry should be caring about others. But we can't grow up and mature enough. Y'all still with me? Oppressed means to keep someone in hardship, especially by the unjust exercise of authority. So anything that you're a slave to other than Jesus can turn into oppression and a stronghold. Do I need to say that again? Because there's a lot of strongholds in this house tonight. But I believe just like the woman came to the synagogue that day and everything was broken in her life, I believe in one moment, just as in the moment, the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be caught up in the air. If you believe it or not, I'm telling you it's about to happen sooner than later, church. And I know that in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, my God can deliver depression. He can set free from oppression. He can break every stronghold from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. But we have to walk in it. Some of us want free, but we want pity. <laughs> so I'm going to read what oppression means. It means to keep someone in hardship, especially by the unjust exercise of authority. Sounds demonic to me. Not possessed, but oppressed. Amen. This woman was oppressed by a spirit of infirmity, but she was a daughter to Abraham. But who brought the oppression? Satan. And for how long? For 18 years. That's a long time. I said 18 years is a long time. I wonder how long the church has been in the state of oppression. She's a type of the church. I wonder how many of us this is how we come to church. I know people's this way and they can't help it. I ain't making fun of nobody. I'm talking about the church tonight. And I ain't making fun of the church. I'm just led here by the Holy Ghost tonight to point out the issue that is wrong with the church right now. And I've never seen this before in my life. I've never seen this before in my life. But I can tell you, a church that is right here don't have its mind made up if it wants the world or wants heaven. It's stuck somewhere in the middle. And we wonder why there's no authority in the church because we ain't got none ourselves. We wonder why our children can't make up their mind because their mom and daddies live like this. 
What's more important? The things of the world? Because I can promise you that the only way that you can see heaven is to look up. Well, this woman couldn't look up. She couldn't lift up. All she could see, about like this. Wonder why the church has no vision. Wonder why the scripture says that without vision, my people perish. Because the church has no vision. You can't really see. I can see like this a whole lot better than I can see like this. It's going to be hard for people to see my praise. <laughs> I saw every bent over person in this house tonight in the spirit. Very few. You were standing up, but on the inside you were bent over. And there's a spirit of infirmity that the devil has placed on your life. And the ones that the Holy Ghost showed me, you're bought by the blood of Jesus. You're Christians, but you're double-minded. You can't make up your mind if you want the things of the world or if you want the things of heaven. Your mind's not made up. That's why you couldn't exalt him. You don't know him good enough to exalt him. You just want him to exalt you. But you don't want to exalt him. Y'all ain't mad at me. This woman being bowed together, here's what it says. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. This word bowed together means she was stuck in the middle. It means to be bent completely forward and to be bowed together. Check this one out. This is oppression. To be completely overcome. That's what it means in the Greek. Bow the head. Jesus is the lifter of our head. Amen. Some of you come up in here with your head bowed. Don't look at nobody in the eye. That's because you're oppressed by a spirit of infirmity. Are you hearing me? We're bound, church. We wonder why there's no authority in the church. Because we're not straight. We're stuck. We're stuck in the middle somewhere. We can't even make up our minds. What God is saying. You say, well, what did God say? Well, I don't why you don't ask God because you know what God will say you're stuck in the middle my God my heart has been about to pull out of me today because there are serious decisions of heaven or hell that are laying on the mind and laying on the line but yet when I say if you ask God you say no well I think I've thought about it well I've prayed about it no has he spoke back because my God will talk to me and he'll talk to you John 10 says my sheep know my voice let me tell you God is not going to leave us as orphans let me tell you when somebody adopts a baby they're going to raise that baby and talk to that baby you and I have not been left as orphans my God talks to me and he gives me specifics and he tells me this is what I want he better that's not being super spiritual. That's basic 101. That's basic 101, salvation. Sheep know his voice, and they follow me. Amen? Boy, you tell some people that, but that, he's of the devil. I've never heard Jesus talk to me. Shame on you. You know why? Because you don't let him. We don't let him. It means to bow the head, to stoop down. Uh, to bow down 
This type woman here is a type of a lukewarm church. She's a lady and she's lukewarm. The church that's in the middle is lukewarm. They don't want to be on fire because they may run people off. But I don't want to be cold and go to hell either. I don't want to be talked about and be like where I used to be. But I don't know if I'm really ready to die. So I think I'll just stay somewhere in the middle. I'm going to wear my cross necklaces. I'm going to wear the right jewelry. I'm going to say the right things. And I'm going to do the right things. And I'm going to tithe. And I'm going to go to church. But if anything that I want to do better. Because when a person's been over. All they can see is the dirt of the ground. Where were we pulled from? Where was the flesh man brought from? The dust of the ground. So when I'm bent over. All I can really see is earthly. All I can really see is carnal things in my life. And so when anything, you know, I want to go to church because I don't want to die and go to hell. I don't want my family to die and go to hell. I want everybody to go to heaven, but I'm not ready to sacrifice everything. Because everything pulls me this way. The pull is greater when you're bent over downward than it is up. I said the pull is stronger downward. So if I'm being over, I can't look up the way I need to. I can get glimpses of God. I can get glimpses of the glory in the service. And I feel a little bit. I feel it. I get my hands here. Is anybody hearing me tonight? The pull is so strong downward. Tony, I know right now you're on fire. But sister, two months from now. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. When the enemy comes, you know what he's going to do? Doubt everything. That costs too much to be touched. Everybody knows me if I'm up. I stand out if I'm up. Everybody else is bowing down. I'm standing up. My eyes are looking up. I'm talking about the rapture. I'm talking about heaven. I'm talking about I'm not bowing down to the fear. I'm not bowing down to the golden end. I'm standing up. You're going to be hated. You're going to be ridiculed. Amen. You're going to be persecuted. And so the enemy's going to say, Gary, it costs too much to stay down. Just stay right there. Isn't it okay? You, you don't want to serve the world anymore, right? Because God called you out of there. But it costs too much to stand up and stand out. So why don't you just stay somewhere in the middle? What God has put together, let no man put asunder. Amen. What's the enemy going to do? Boy, Stacy's on fire. He said, I ain't bound down. What's the devil want to do? What's he going to do? He's going to keep pulling. See, I'm, I'm applying pressure constantly. I'm applying pressure. What's the enemy wanting to do? Wear out and weaken the saints. If I can just work on him a little bit in this marriage, then I know I can get to her, I can get to him, then I can get to them. I can get to every prophecy that's been prophesied over this boy. I can get to every prophecy because I want him. I want them. Because if I can get him, then I can get them. Then if I get them, I can get him. 
Listen to me, marriages. It's hard, hard to serve God. One of you bent over and one of you standing up. You know why? Because you're not going to see eye to eye. person that's been over they take everything on themselves the devil sees them as an easy target what else can we put on them they take everything personal oh I went to that church and they did this no they didn't they didn't do nothing you just can't see right because all you can see is down there all you can hear from is the devil. So everything that you're trying to do, you can't see God's eyes. And so you're just bent over and you're oppressed by a spirit of infirmity, by Satan, and not oppressed or possessed by the Holy Ghost of God. If you can be oppressed or possessed by the devil, then you better know that you can be oppressed and possessed by my God. So, so if they're in church together, amen, but they're married together, and God's called Jason to the ministry, and God's telling Jason to give everything up, but, but bills and money and mortgages. and <laughs> Has her bowed down? Well, let's put this on there too. Whatever we need. She can't see him try, try to look. She can't. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. A majority of this church lives right here. Don't see eye to eye on nothing. Who gets the credit for that? Jesus or Satan? Hmm. Satan possessed this, oppressed this woman 18 years with a spirit of infirmity. You got tired of looking that way, didn't you? It hurts after a while. It brings death after a while. That's scripture. We'll get there in a minute. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? How can you agree with all this on you? You see God, but she can't see nothing but down here where you come from, everything you did wrong, so you're trying to move forward. And Boy, you was at church late, and boy, you must have been doing what you used to do. And, and here comes Tanner. He's the pastor. He tries to help out. She can't see eye to eye with him. No. Now you know what she's going to say. You're against her too. I ain't going back to that church. They want you to walk away from everything. What about my family? What about our children? What about our family? They just want us to walk away from everything. I think we better find somewhere else to go. Because you cannot see eye to eye. Listen, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life putting people into the ministry before they were ready because this is, their mind wasn't really made up. They couldn't see eye to eye with authority and leadership in their life. But I thought they were ready. It wasn't their fault, it was mine because the Bible says don't do that to somebody. 
The Bible says you will cause them to fall and you'll bring harm on everybody. So it's been my mistakes that I've made and I've had to learn from because you cannot be who God wants you to be when somebody's right here. See, a lot of people want position and authority and placement, but they want to be carnally minded. They want it on their own terms, but they don't want to look eye to eye. They don't want to look face to face, brother. They just want things on their terms. And then so what do they do? Then they take all this bondage that Satan puts on them and then they run to social media and they trash everybody. Then they go to this church, that church, that church and then they trash everybody and they say that church did all this to me. No, that church didn't do all that to you. The devil did all that to you and you let the devil do all that to you. The problem's not your husband. The problem's not your pastor. The problem's you is you want the world more than you want God. Now, most of you would be here tonight and you would say, that's not the truth. I want God. You want God on your terms. <laughs> you want God without a funeral. We don't want to die to nothing. I just want the resurrection of Jesus. I don't want his cross. I don't want to die to anything. I just want to live to everything. Now, listen to me. Take husband and wife out. We're in church together. You're worshiping God. I exalt thee. What were you doing? Lifting hands. Lift your hands. Now what's this person doing? Trying to. Look at all that weight. How high will they go, Miranda? I know none of you's ever done that in here. That's never been the story of any of our life. I'm going to tell you, this is a picture of the church right now. Amen. This is a picture of the church that will be raptured out of here. Coming back for a bride that's made herself ready. Just looking. Uh, how can you look for Jesus when you got your hair down, when you're looking down to the things of the world? I'd hate to know that I was somewhere in the flesh and the rapture came. I'd hate to know I was pursuing something that God told me not to pursue. And it's probably a good thing, maybe a degree or something. But I was sitting at a desk trying to get that and the rapture came. But there was somebody sitting next to me that God told them to pursue that because he was going to use that in their life. And the rapture came and they're gone and I'm still here pursuing my desire. Where'd they go? Oh God. Oh God. Where'd they go? Church. This right here. This right here. Is what destroys the church. This right here. Is what is destroyed. Judgment starts at the house of the Amen. Lord. David preached that the other day. Where's judgment going to start? Right here. Is it okay to be weak? And, you better be weak and broken. But the weakness and the brokenness that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 is not that kind of weakness. That's a weakness with boldness. I can stand before you and say I'm the most depressed person, but I don't hang my head about it anymore. I can stand with my head held high 
and I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say about me when you walk out of here or if you ever come by. Amen. I'm just telling you because in my weakness, Christ's power is made perfect. And he said his power would rest upon me. And if you look that up, it means he's a habitation and a tent over your life. I don't care. I want to walk weak, but I want his power to hover over my life. That's not what this is. This is wickedness. And the things that we've allowed into our life bring us down. What do you listen to before you come to church? And I'm not talking about turning on 107.9 on your way to church. What have you had since you was on your way to church? Are you hearing me? Because there's a great pool. Here's what I saw. She's already been over and all this weight's on her. They're worshiping God. You're worshiping God. The, the pull to come down is stronger to the world than it is to them. We wonder why we lose so many people. Because we don't deal with the reality. <laughs> Because we don't deal with the reality. We just play church. We play games. We play patty cake with the devil. And we don't just stand up. And we don't prophesy. And we don't teach. And we don't preach the truth of God. Let me tell you, my God is not coming back for a weak, wore out, wavering minded church. He's coming back for a church and a bride that's made herself ready. Are you hearing me this morning tonight, church? I said, I'm tired of seeing the devil oppress, depress, and possess the church of Jesus my God we wonder why yeah they went back to what they used to I wonder why wonder why because the pull downward is greater than the pull upward you say how do you know that preacher because the scripture tells us that that why Find the narrow way. The pull downward is greater than the pull upward. And let me tell you, you have to stay. You have to stay in him. He says, remain in me. And what does he say? He puts it on us first. Just remain in me. Now, you can't do that on your own. I'm, I'm going somewhere. But you just stay. That don't mean you work for it. That don't mean you have to be primed to lift your hands up. That don't mean you have to be pumped by the good preacher. None of that. I'm in him. And so I want to praise him because I'm in him. Why wouldn't I want to exalt him? But some of you didn't lift up nothing a while ago. Some of you. To pull downward. What are we going to do? We're going to let the church end this way. What do you think them folks are doing out there on the street right now? Are they bowing down? Do they look weak? Who's the meteoric on us? Who's got whose attention on us? We do. Where's the church? Bitter, mad, divided, complaining, 
won't exalt nothing because you've not been exalted. Well, then go join them on the streets. How long will you halt between two opinions? I'm trying to be loving. It's hard. But I'm tired of seeing the bride. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing the bride bound by religion. I don't have time to share, and y'all probably think that I'm arrogant. But I'm telling you, I've seen God move. But I'm tired of seeing God move elsewhere and not move here. I'm tired of seeing God move there and not move in my family. I'm tired. I'm just sick and tired of seeing the devil try to destroy my life. And I'm telling you tonight, church, I declare and decree in this house, I cannot go out like this. But I can tell you every devil in hell there's an attack on my life and my family that want me to end up right here. But I cannot end up here. And by the grace of God, I'm not. I don't know, I think some of you just trying to throw it off to somebody. You say, this ain't me. Oh, it is. It's all of us. It's all of us. Antifa or whoever's out there in the street, they're in perfect unity. They know who their enemy is and they're after him. They're not fighting each other. They're fighting together. But we're in here so double-minded. Well, I can't believe they did that. Well, just carry, just carry this a little bit. Let's put it right there on her neck. That'll just weigh her down a little bit more. Every church I've ever been to's did that to me. And that one right there ain't no different. Just keep going. But you know when you get home and shut the lights off and lay your head down and you get through all your emotions, you know that the same call that God said that you was there. It's still there. And you know that if you get up like Elijah did and anoint the next generation, that Jezebel's about to be laid up and the blood's going to be there. But some of you won't get up out of your phone. I came to prophesy to somebody tonight in this house. You may have laid your bed down underneath a juniper tree, but I'm telling you tonight, church, it's time you and I rise up and anoint the next generation. There's a Jehu waiting. There's an Elisha waiting. You and I got to pick up. We got to pick Pick up the mantle and anoint who God's called us to anoint. My God. There's a Haziel waiting to be anointed. There's a Jehu waiting to be anointed. There's an Elisha plowing. This yeah. is ready to be a prophet, but he needs somebody to come by the field. It's hard to do that here. Well, that going to the plow field, that's too much. I can't believe the pastor would ask me to even do that. You know, to go anoint somebody, that's just too much. I don't anoint people with oil. I'm too good at tissues. Well, I just don't lift up my hands in worship. Well, maybe that's the problem because the Bible says we'll lift up holy hands everywhere. Let me tell you, some of the problem is is we just get attracted to who we are instead of letting the Holy Ghost come in and make us who he wants us to be. Well... Just stay there if you don't mind. I think people, come move right here. Miranda, right here in the middle. I think folks need to get a good look at that. Thank you all. That ever happened to you? God put something there? 
That ever happened to any husband and wife? I'm ready to go. All I can see is this. Who is it? Is it God doing this? No. It's the devil. Satan has one of us bound. Maybe both of us by now. Because what does this person do? I want to put what's on me on you. Misery loves company. And so this person, come y'all come here again. You know who they hate the most in a worship service? It's people next to them that's free. <laughs> Just lift up your hand. This person's thinking in her heart, I can't believe that they would even worship like that around me. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? Any real folks in here tonight? Don't they know what I'm going through? Don't they care enough about me to come down here where I am? Don't they care enough to bring me to an altar or check on me, Brother David? You're the man of God. You're supposed to check on me. You're supposed to reach out to me, right? No, you just might be supposed to be where God's called you to be and then maybe... <laughs> Maybe you're not where God wants you to reach out right now Because if I get down here Then I'm probably about to get yoked up with you And I don't care to get yoked up with me Because there's a generation that God's called me to stay lifted up And stay anointed up And stay prayed up And stay preached up And stay walked up enough I've got somebody i got to go anoint And if I get caught up with you down there Then you're going to yoke me up And I won't do anything for the kingdom of God We've done it with many. So this person's greatest enemy in the church are these two. They're just free. God delivered me out of drug addiction three weeks ago, and I'm just free, and I'm glad to be free. This person's been walking in the faithfulness of God for 32 years, and I'm just thankful that God kept me 32 years, and I'm just worshiping. I just want to exalt him, and there's nothing hard in my heart. But the devil has her so bound. These are my two worst enemies. And I leave church and I say, I can't believe they worship like that. I can't believe they worship like that in front of me. Don't they know what they were doing to me? They didn't even care about me. They didn't check on me. They didn't ask about me. Who heard that? Them four babies in the back of your car. And so whenever they come back to church the next week, when you have to force them to get in the car, all they can hear is, I can't believe that pastor would do that to my mama. I can't believe he didn't care enough to check on my mama. Everybody just want to run and dance and shout around that church. And they want to do missions, but they can't even check on my own mama. Well, I wonder why we got a generation that don't want to be faithful to God's house. Thank you all again. I'm trying to close, y'all. It's easier to be all the way down than halfway, isn't it? You're going to give in. This pull is greater downward. Carrie said, I'm tired of being here. It's easier to give in. Am I right? It's easier to give in. And so then I give in to the world, 
And who would I blame? Them. Well, it's their fault. No, it's not. Jesus came by. Russell said Jesus was going to abode in this house tonight. Jesus. The woman was bent over. She don't fit in at the church because she will say to others, they don't include me. They exalt themselves over me. They don't ask me to do anything. They don't include my family, my children. They don't include nothing. The people you will associate better with when you're bent over are lost, carnally-minded people because that's where your focus is. So what are they going to tell you to do when your marriage gets in a hard time? Just divorce. It's okay to have a drink. It's okay to have a toke and a smoke. and It's okay to stay on that medicine. It's okay. God would never want you to go through that, what you're feeling and what you're feeling. God would never, ever. He's a loving God. He would never want you to feel anything that would cause hurt in your life. So just, yeah, just go do that. It's okay. Well, I read in the word that my God says that in the world we'll have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. My word says that there'll be a season of suffering, but it's better to suffer for righteous snake than when I was lost. This is a woman. I'm, I'm talking about the church. Listen to this. I have these wrote down. I knew nothing about what Nikki was going to say. This woman was a great was a woman of great battles of depression and defeat. This is a woman that will bargain with God. Stay with me. A woman bent over, a church bent over, will make bargains to God, and here's some bargains that they'll make. But we look at the outward victory. Well, she stood straight up. But I can promise you, the greater battle that was won was on the inside. I can promise you that. You see, I saw Nicole, I saw Nikki that night, slain in the spirit, hit the floor, and immediately speak in tongues. I saw that outwardly. But what the Holy Ghost was doing inwardly was taking all the pain, all the hurt, all the anger, all that away. This woman, this church will bargain with God. I want to go to heaven and I want my family to go to heaven. But can I still do this? Can I teach my family this? That carnal things are more important, but God, please don't let me or them go to hell. I said, this woman bargains with God because she's stuck somewhere in the middle. She don't want her and her family to go to hell, but she don't want to serve God and completely sell out either. When I say she, I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to he. I'm talking to us. I'm not preaching down to anybody. I'm telling you, this came to me first. Since I'm bowed over, since I'm bowed over, it's easy for people that I'm around and everyone to dictate and determine my life because this person has no clear direction. This person has no clear direction on where they're headed. Right? So guess what? So whoever can come by that wants to come by, and what are they going to do? They're just going to tell them where to go. It's okay to do this because she don't know where she's going. So who is she going to be attracted to? She's going to be attracted to fleshly people. 
So fleshly people is going to govern her life, not spiritual people, right? She's mad at spiritual people. She wants to go to church. I want to go to heaven. But I think the worldly things are a little bit more important right now. These people are going to say, you don't have to be there at church Sunday night. Little Johnny's got a t-ball game. You got to do this. You got to do that. Little, little Susie's got, got band. We, we got, we, you know, we just bought a new house. And y'all just bought, so it's okay if you just work and work more and pay more and just keep getting in debt. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to just to go to church Sunday morning. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to put worldly things above the things of God. They never even see. And the devil used carnal-minded people that say they're spiritual to walk them right out of the will of God. Then we're there. We wake up. She probably looked up and said, how'd I get here? How'd I get here? How did my children get here with me? And then there's a knock on, and Jesus comes, and now I'm knocking. Wait, no, I didn't. How did I get here? No, the bridegroom's come. How did I get here? How did my babies get here? Because you were influenced by carnal people. And you let carnal-minded people dictate where you went instead of people that could see in the Holy Ghost. Hear me tonight, church. I don't want to say these things. God showed me this plain as day. God showed me this. I don't know why. When we bargain with God, it makes us attracted to people that bargain with God. And it makes me very attracted to carnal and fleshly things and people. Romans 8. You can get your wife back in. Thank you, ma'am. Here's what Romans 8 says. Y'all, please don't take this message tonight funny. Romans 8. Oh, God. Verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. One of you can't be after the flesh and one of you after the spirit and think that it's going to work. It's not. It's not. Church, leadership, pastors, teachers. You know how proud I was to know that there was unity here Sunday morning. I wasn't supposed to be back. I wanted to be back, but I wasn't supposed to be. So it was set for Brother David to preach. Then Rafe did sweet Olivia Grace's funeral. My God, it was beautiful. These ladies spoke, Carly and Kate and Michaela spoke, and my God, it was beautiful. I didn't think Rafe needed to say anything, but when he got done, I was like, I'm glad that he did. Amen. It's the greatest service probably this church has ever had in its entire being. I'm being serious. I mean that. That was imprinted in my heart. That day will forever be imprinted in my life. But God used David so Sunday morning to just deliver and set people free from fear. I believe that's why many's here tonight. Because, brother, you preach Sunday morning. Don't you let fear control or dictate your life. I know there's some here tonight, but that's why they're here. Because they say, I'm not going to let fear govern my life. We said Sunday morning that our faith don't say we won't get COVID-19. Don't say we won't die from COVID-19. But it does say that I won't be dictated by the fear of COVID-19. Amen. 
And I can't take credit for that. Pastor Lee said that. But we were one mile. If I'd have came Sunday morning, he'd have preached something out there in left field. As a bent over preacher. Preaching carnal things, fleshly things. No, no, no. We're not together. Braith would have got up there and just said some fleshly things. Or these ladies. It was deep. Powerful. Spiritual. It was Jesus. My God. How proud were you as a mama? Be honest. Had to be. Come on, my God. Can't never would have gotten a pulpit. But that life brought her there to her calling. That ain't the last. That ain't the last. Amen. <laughs> I love you. But it goes on to say. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Wonder why some of us don't have peace in our life? Because we're carnal. You know why you don't have peace? Because a carnal mind has not made up its mind. It's double-minded. And you're torn. And so what does the scripture say in the book of Kings? It says, how long will you halt between two opinions? If you're going to serve God, then serve God. But if you're going to serve Baal, then serve Baal. And then Joshua said, choose you in this day whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We have to make up our mind, church. What are we going to do and who are we going to serve? Be bold enough tonight when you walk out of this church, I'm just going to go live for hell, live like hell for a little while. And I just want y'all to, I'll respect you. I'll shake your hand. And I'll say, I'm just going to trust and believe God's grace is going to be sufficient enough for your life. I'm going to tell you tonight, the Holy Ghost is going to draw a line in the sand and say the middle of the road ain't going to get it here no more. Carnal minded ain't going to get it in this house anymore. You're not going to be able to walk out of them church doors, blast this church, and then just think that you're going to serve God how you want to serve God. Blast me, blast them, blast him, blast her. You're not going to be a double-minded Christian. It's time that you and I make up our minds, church, and realize who we're going to serve or who we're not going to serve. If you're not ready to serve God with everything you got, then walk out them doors tonight. Am I telling you to do it? No. I'm telling you be man, be woman enough to make up your mind tonight in this house. And I'll pray that if you walk out of that church, door tonight and say I'm going to go live like hell I believe the grace of God to just look over your life is that what I won't know am I telling you to go do it no I'm telling you I'm afraid if you do but I'm telling you that I believe that my God is drawing a line in the sand in this house tonight church there's enough patty cake playing in the church with the devil there's enough weak church there's enough bent over church there's enough oppressed church depressed church it's time that you and I would be the light in a dark place Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm not condemning you and I'm not preaching the law to you. I'm fixing to get there. Please stay with me. Because the carnal mind is enmity. What is enmity? It's against God. You can't be that bent over lady and think you can stay that way. There's got to come an 18 year in one day. I said there's got to come an 18 years in one day. Because on this day, she came to the right place at the right time. Jesus was in this synagogue. Amen. Amen. I said, Jesus was in this synagogue. Hallelujah. Here's what it goes on to say. Y'all still with me? I'm trying to hurry, y'all. Jesus. 
Verse 7, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. You can't submit to God when you're carnally minded. When all you do is look down to the ground, you can't say, I'm going to serve God. You can't make up your mind and say, my children's going to serve God. You can't make up your mind and do anything. You're an enemy to God. Am I saying that wrong? Is that what it says? So why would we play games with that? Why would we walk out of here and say, well, I don't know if I really believe all that. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe me. And that's why my heart's broke. Because I don't know who will walk out of here and say, that was the word. Or he just condemned us. Verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're in the flesh and your actions and attitudes, I don't care what you've been going through. You don't have a right to come to this church and be in your flesh with other people that's not been. Some things burn Sunday morning. Somebody comes in here full of joy. Then somebody next to them's been over because they've had a hard week and the devil's pushed them down. They just like snap. You don't have a right to do that here. This is God's house, not yours. You don't dictate or determine or control what happens here. None of it. This is God's. This ain't my house. Don't belong to me. It belongs to Him. Amen. So why won't we govern our attitudes? Why can't we? Why can't we outside of the flesh? With other people. If we're in the flesh, we cannot please God. This woman will not only bargain with God, but she'll beg God. Make me whole, heal me, help me, etc. But nothing happens. Can you imagine 18 years? God. Could you imagine her rolling out of bed? 18 years. The Bible says man's probably given about 70 years. This is a third of her life. Today's going to be my day. One year. No, two years. 365 days a year. Don't you think, like you said, Sister Nikki, that it'd be easier for that woman to stay in bed? After 18 years, it says she tried to lift herself up. She couldn't. 18 years of that. You think the church would press in that much in this hour? I didn't get my way. Still going to go to church. You know how I know she was faithful to the house of God? Because it says she was in the lynch. She was Abraham's daughter. And so that Jewish belief would send them to the house, to the synagogue. We're going to follow that no matter what was pushing us. I'm going to church. Fifteen years, nope. I'm going to church. I know I'm bad. But one day, Jesus is going to be there. One day is going to be my day. One day I'm going to leave different than the way I came in. But a lot of us are so weak-minded and weary and worn I'm going to quit going to church. I'm going to quit God. And so now you bargain with God. You didn't get what you wanted. You beg God. You beg God. You beg God. And now your begging's turning to blaming. Now your begging's turning. Now you blame God for everything. Nothing went your way. It's God's fault. Why ain't nothing happened? It's God's fault. No. It's because you've given up on the inside. It's not God's fault. God wants to know if your heart can just rejoice in Him. I'm still going. Go today, I'm going to have a right attitude that today is my day. 
I'm not going to let my oppression dictate you. I'm going to find Jesus. I can't see real good. I'm going to find Jesus. My breakthrough's in that house today. I'm going to find Jesus. Can I tell you that people blame God or the people that are spiraled out of control and they're full of shame, they're full of guilt, they're full of blame, and they need to repent. It's time that the church quit blaming God for everything that's going on in the world. I said, the brother said Sunday morning that judgment starts at the house of God. We got to quit blaming God. We got to get out of our pity party. And it's time that the church of Jesus Christ would rise up and lift up. And if you think you're going to do it on your own, you got another thing coming. It said 18 years. She tried to lift herself up, but in no wise could she. That's the type of the law. The Bible said the letter killeth, but the spirit give life. You you can't fix yourself. You can't save yourself. You can't straighten yourself up. You can't lift yourself up. We say you got to read more. You got to pray more. You got to fast more. You got to study more. No, you got to get to the house of God and let Jesus get inside of you. And when he gets in you, I, I get tired of hearing religious people say, read more. You got to love Jesus more. I can't. I'm trying. You don't understand 18 years of this. I've been faithful. I can't read more. I read 23 and a half hours a day. I can't fast no more. I did a 40-day fast last year, and nothing's changed. You told me to do everything outwardly. Ah, but now I found Jesus, and Jesus did something inwardly. And now that I've got Jesus on the inside of me, now I read more. Now I pray more. Now I love Jesus more. Now I fast more. Now I study more. Now I love more. Religion will always tell you to fix up the outside. It will always tell you to put a band-aid on the outside and do more. I'm about tired of do mores. You know what I found? I've been around a lot of people that do more. And I do way less. But the Holy Ghost shows up in grace. The grace of God, I'll say, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what I'm telling you. I'm just blind tonight. I just came with a word in my heart. I'm telling you, this is the grace of God. I'm tired of seeing religion buy people up, telling them that you need to do more, pray more, study more. My God, go to church more. No, get Jesus in you more, and you'll do all of that. Is that not a warning in the last days that we'll have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof? I'm fixing to give you a promise. Titus chapter 2. Oh, I love the grace of God. I used to, I, I used to sit on the outside of that grace thing. It's just too easy over there. That grace, they, they're, they're preaching greasy grace over there. I don't, you don't even mention grace in the Pentecostal church. If you do, you got to be talking about backsliding, right? Because if you mention grace, you're giving people permission to see it. Anybody ever taught that? Anybody here ever heard that? Felt that? If you even mention the word grace in a Pentecostal church, you're giving them a permission to see it. Let me tell you what. You know what I found when I found grace? It's harder. Grace always deals with the heart. The law always deals with the flesh. The law always deals with the flesh. Shows you what you can't do right. Grace shows you who you are. It said you can do nothing right, but I can. How did that come out of me? 
the grace of God. How can I go after 18 years, one more day to the synagogue, the grace of God? Because if it was left up to me, there's no way I'd go see that Jesus. If it was left up to me today, I'd never got in this pulpit. I'd have let somebody else preach. But I'm telling you something on the inside of me pushes me. There's a freight train on the inside of me. When I think I'm worthy, unworthy, there's a freight train rises up and said Jesus is worthy. There's something on the inside of me in my flesh said you're going to die. And I had a knife in my hand going to kill myself something rose up like a freight train on the inside of me and said I'm about to do what you can I'm going to live when I want to quit there's a freight train on the inside of me his name is grace I want to quit I want to stop I don't want to preach something is greater and I hear boop 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 and I hear the sound I hear the freight train going I said I want to stop but something goes something pushes something hollers it's greater than me I said it's greater than me never thought about grace being a freight train Never sounded that before either in church. What's the Bible say about grace? Brother Rafe, Brother Russell, one of y'all, come help me get out of here. Jesus. Brother, I lost my place. There, 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. That's all. He didn't say some. He said all men. People say, what about them people in the jungles of Africa? All men. All men. All men. You may be the means that he sends grace there. You may be. Can you be okay with that? For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness... So grace isn't a license to sin. Grace is our greatest teacher. Grace said, I want that beer. No, no you don't. No, you don't. It teaches me to say no to that. Not because some man told me to. Because grace working in me said, don't do that. You don't have to have it. You don't need that. Okay, I passed it up. Then the next thing you know, it's five years and you've not even wanted one. You say, but I used to love them things. I can still smell it right now. I can smell what Papa talk. I smell it, but I don't want it. How can that be? Because grace did something in me. Grace did something in me. No preacher did this in me. No preacher, no nobody, no church could do this in me. But grace, something's working in me. That when I thought that I wanted that, but it's been five years, ten years. 18 years I've been saved and delivered and I love methamphetamine and getting drunk more than anybody in this entire world. I was infatuated by it, but I look back 18 years later, I don't crave it, I don't look for it, I don't study it, I don't remember. I'm telling you something told me, Sister Dana, to say no to that. And 18 years later it still teaches me to say no. But today the grace don't teach me to say no to meth. But it teaches me to say no to depression. Amen. I'm not giving in to depression today. No, I'm going to preach that gospel. I'm not giving in to the devil's lie today, say you're unworthy. No, because that grace said I am because he made me that. I said grace teaches us. And where God grows you, grace is going to grow you. 
teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Where's my water? <laughs> Kept reaching. It was getting farther away. It's not a beer. That we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for. Looking for. It's hard to look for the blessed hope when you've been over. It's hard to look for the blessed hope when you're out of the will of God. Because carnal people led you right out the door and shut it and you didn't even know. We get so carnal we don't even know when the door shuts. Are you hearing me? We get so carnal, we don't even know carnal people's leading me. Let somebody spiritual come along and try to love on you and direct you in the right way. I can't believe they would address me that way. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight, you can't lift up yourself. The word lift up means to rise, to lift up, a renewal of condition. You can't renew yourself. You can't. You can obey like Nikki did. You can get up and go to church. That's our part. But the renewing part of the condition of my state of my life is, your, is his part. I love this one. That word lift up also means to look up. She tried to look up, brother, on her own for 18 years. She never could. She was stuck. She was stuck somewhere in the middle. Church, as a church in America, we've been stuck in the middle. We've been double-minded in many ways. We can't really make up our mind if I want to go down or if I want to go up. I want to go up, but, man, there's the pull down. It's very strong. And we give in to that. Are you still with me? I'm trying to close. The Bible goes on to say that Jesus saw her. Wonder why we have altar calls? Because Jesus sees you. Notice Jesus didn't go to her. He said, come here. Come here. He said, I want to see if she really wants free. I don't know if Jesus was in any other synagogue before, but he was this day. And if that woman had been carnal that day, and she'd have said, I've done this for 18 years. I went to an altar. And she'd have said, I'm not going to go today. Would she have missed her opportunity, Tony? But this day, Jesus was there and he said, come here. And she came. She came. And here's what happened. It says, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. And said unto her, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. That word loosed means to set free, to let go, to dismiss, to detain no longer. 
I don't know if some of you's been detained by some things, but I'm telling you tonight, the Holy Ghost of God sent me here to lay hands on you and that you would be free forever. I believe that anointing is in this house tonight. I do. I believe that. I believe it's here. It means to free fully. My God. Imagine if you're here tonight and you say, I fully want to be free forever. anything. It means to be forgiven. It means to relieve. Anybody ever just had that? You ever just been over so long? You know people that has been over your neck constantly hurts. Who in here has got neck aches a lot? And it causes headaches. It's because you're easily bent over by the weights of the world and by the devil. And you just take everything on you. And so you'll do this a lot. You'll do this a lot. It is stress. And last week I preached in Missouri at a tent revival. And there was a woman over here. And she was the whole service. She was standing up. She couldn't sit down. And she was holding her neck the whole time. And God said, I'm going to make her free tonight. I'm going to set her free tonight. And I thought she eased around the tent. So we were preaching and the Holy Ghost started moving. And here come her husband. He received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. About 80 years old. Received the baptism for the first time. Lifted up his hand, started speaking in tongues. And then that unction in him, he went and got her. And he brought her down there. And she started trembling. Because there's a little girl, she was raised in a Pentecostal church. But she had been bound by a spirit of infirmity. And the whole service, she was over there going. She wanted to get in there. But she, she knew what she had experienced as a little girl. And she knew that if she ever got there, it's about to get worse. And so I think I may just want to hold on to this infirmity. I think I just may like everybody just to take notice that I got some pain. And so she rubbed her neck the whole time. Some of you's here tonight, and you like this. It's become your best friend. You just rub it. You caress it. You go to bed doing it. You wake up with it. And you just want everybody to feel sorry for everything that you bear in life. You want people to get on your level, and you want to tell them about every bad thing that's ever happened to you in your life, and you just caress it, and you just love it, and you just stay right there with it, and you just like being that way. Somebody knows what I'm talking to somebody right now. You just like it. It's people that are bowed over. The devil comes by, and he just yokes you up because that's where yokes go, right there. We wonder why we stay bent over, why we have neck aches and headaches, all those we're stressed out. We wonder why there's no peace because we're carnally minded and we're looking at the world instead of looking to heaven and looking to God. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? Yeah. That's a tactic of the devil. But the world will tell you, take this. Do this. I'm not saying don't go get a massage. Go get 10. It's okay. But I'm telling you, a massage won't do what my God will do in one moment. Amen. I'm telling you. You go see that masseuse a thousand times. That thing will come back as long as you keep worrying about over what you've been worrying about. But I'm telling you one touch from God and everything will leave. I said he'll detain you. He'll detain you no longer. You'll be full freely. You'll be forgiven. You'll be relieved of that pain. That's one of the words for loose is relieved. You'll be released. You'll be dismissed. To loose any person tied or fastened. You ever felt like everywhere you went you were just tied to something? 
What did you say you saw the other day, Brother David? Bolt cutters. He didn't have to cut every chain. Just one. Just one. Just one place. Give him a little room tonight, will you? It means to loose bandages at the feet or the shoes. You ever tied somebody's shoes together and watch them try to walk? That's how some of our walk with God looks, don't it? You still with me? I'm going to try to close right here. Jesus. Verse 13, he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. That word made straight means to set <laughs> to set in place a crooked person. My God. You may have come in crooked, but you can leave straight. <laughs> it means to build a new. That means God's going to do a new work. God's going to do a new thing. And guess what it's going to do? It's going to make people mad. It's going to burn people up when they see... I can't make them go no more. They're standing up. They'll look at me in the eye. Oh, God, I see Jesus. I can't control her no more. Come on. What happened? Yeah. Oh, you went to that church. Oh, they just worship the devil. They're too much over there. And they start talking about it. And you say, but I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. But I tried to get this marriage. I tried to get this husband. No. No, he wasn't giving it. I tried to get his wife. No, he stood up. I tried to get this boy. No, he's not giving in. What happened to them? But I had them. They're not fighting anymore for the ministry. Oh, they're called by God. They're on the mission field now. Thousands and hundreds of thousands are being saved, and they're being the grace of God, and Jesus is flowing. But I had them, but I lost them. What happened? They're straight now. They've been loose. They're not tied to anything anymore. They're not tied or fashioned to religion. They're free now. They're not tied by addictions. Everybody thought they were hypocrites and they were lukewarm, but now they're not. What happened? I can't control this marriage, this family anymore. They don't hate the church anymore, so I can't spew lies anymore. I got to find somebody that I can get. I can't find anybody. Something happened in that church. I I can't find anybody. But I had Carrie. I can't get her anymore. I had Tony and Tina. I can't get them anymore. Something happened. Something's happened with the young people. Man, I went in there and tried to get a young person. And they were had their hands up speaking in tongues. I tried to get Emily. She just lost a level. I tried to. I, I can't get her. She's got somebody new in church with her. And that baby. And it's not even bothering them. I've been in those things. I tried to get them. But they wouldn't have them. Oh, my God. I thought I had Michael, but I can't have him anymore. He's right now. He's back with his wife now. He's been a godly father. He's teaching others now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then Satan says, I can't bind him anymore. And so Satan is kicked out. Woo! And our children are coming in and saved, speaking in tongues. And Antifa's no longer in the street, but in the church. And they're on fire by God. 
And they're taking the love of God out in the streets. And the church is no more bitter or resentful. But there's unity and there's power. And the oil is flowing from like Psalm 133. And people are being raised up in the ministry. And people are preaching the gospel. People are going to the mission field. Despite what the devil said. Despite what the world has said. Despite what others around me said. I'm no longer governed by carnal fleshly people. Lazarus is not dead, it's alive. God's here to lift you up tonight. Jesus said, who do you think you are, religious bunch? You loosen your donkeys and your horses to take them to water. You think I'm not going to let this woman drink water. Church, we better get our mind on the right thing. We better get it off donkeys and horses. You know what I'm talking about here. Get it on the right thing. Get our mind on the right thing. Let's loosen. If you're here tonight, I just want you to stand. All over this house. If you're here tonight and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you would say, tonight's my night. I came and Jesus was in that synagogue. I need a touch from him. I need to cry out to the Lord for salvation. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand if there's anybody here tonight. Anybody here that you need to say, I need to know that I know that I know that I know that I'm right with God. Anybody here tonight. Praise God if nobody is. If you're here tonight and you're tired of being heavy, you're tired of being weak, you're tired of being wore out, God sent me here tonight with an agenda. You're tired of trying to fix yourself. But you're ready to be set free. To, you're ready to be loose so that you can look up and lift up. You're tired of being controlled and dictated by carnal fleshly people. I want you to come. Just come stand right here and lift up your hands. Wow, nobody. As they come... If you're here tonight and you've been governed by carnal things, worldly pleasures, worldly pleasures, good things, but you can see tonight, after tonight, you can see in your life where those things are causing not peace in your life. They're causing confusion in your life. You know that you've been looking down instead of looking up, and you know, listen, we know, church, listen, I don't just come here. All I know is I came to say this and nobody's coming back Sunday. I don't know. But I do know this, that I'll be accountable that if the rapture takes place, did I say to the church, Pastor Michael, what needed to be said? Or will there be voices in hell that said, why didn't he tell me the truth? I went to church looking for the truth and I didn't get it. And now I'm in hell. Why didn't somebody tell me the truth? If you're here tonight and you would say that you can see in your personal life where carnal things are governing and it's taking away your peace and your decisions are being governed, there's a war going on in the mind about what I'm going to do. Church, we're moving into a time and a season where it's about to be supernatural. Logic, 
Ourself, our flesh is not going to matter. I'm telling you it's going to be the Holy Ghost. It's got to be supernatural. It's got to be. Because the enemy's moving in the supernatural. Go on and let the Holy Ghost pray, Haley. Come on, let the Holy Ghost pray. Come on, girl. Be free. Be loosed. Loosed. Let the Holy Ghost pray. But you're tired of carnal things, just lift up your hands. You're not you're tired of being governed by earthly pleasures. You can have fun be a Christian, I'm telling you. But carnality is enmity against God. Come on, lift up our hands and our hearts all over this house tonight. I'm gonna be governed by God. I'm gonna be loosed. Come on, church, let's rise up and be the church in this hour. Come on, let's don't leave stuck, let's leave straight tonight. Let's leave with a lifted head, lifted hands, lifted hearts.